0: Come on in guys!
1: Welcome back to Talking Llama, everyone. Matt Hambage here with Jared Sundin. Jared, how are we doing tonight?
0: Doing great. It's always a good night when we're talking Survivor.
1: Can't argue with that. We've got another five seasons to go over, round out the the bottom ten, and then we'll get into the the better, I guess, for what it, lack of better word, seasons. Not that these ones are bad necessarily, as we discussed kind of at the end of last episode even the bad seasons of survivor are often still pretty good at least to some degree and we'll see if that trend continues here i have to think they will considering they're the higher rated seasons but we'll just jump right into it so number 35 we have season three africa won by ethan ethan zahn or is it zone i actually don't know zahn right We'll we'll go with zahn zahn works for me this is my 33rd ranked season and Jared's 36th ranked season this this was one of the first seasons I watched when I got into Survivor so I started with Worlds Apart that was just the one that was aired when I started watching live and then I went back to the beginning or what was on Amazon Prime which is season one and then it skipped Australian Outback and went to season three so there's a little bit, bit of nostalgia there for me because at the beginning of my survivor journey, if you will, but man, this season as a whole did not do it for me. I mean, I liked that they didn't go straight, you know, beach island area again. You know, they went from Borneo to the Australian Outback to Africa, which, is, which was an interesting choice, but that part that threw me off big time. I mean, they had to build protection from lions, literal, literal lions, because they didn't want to get eaten during the night. I mean, as soon as that happened, I was I was like, this is hilarious because I know they're okay because they went to air it otherwise. But my God, that's what you're that's where you're going for Survivor. I mean, for me, that was not getting off to a hot start.
0: Sounds like a vacation.
1: <laughs> not wow. my kind of trip.
0: Yeah, well, hey, at least it's not cold, right? You never want to be cold on a vacation.
1: That's true. Although I would be interested to see what a cold weather survivor would look like. That'd one kind se- of fun. maybe one season cuz I feel like there's a lot that would that could and would go wrong. They have to give them more shelter obviously, but people have mentioned that before and it's it's fun to think about, you know, in, in this extended off-season, you know, other potential ways for a survivor to to continue. But I might prefer cold over over the African desert that I mean, they had to travel to like pretty far to get their water.
0: Th- yeah, they had to and, walk uh, <laughs> uh, good ways.
1: And weren't they going through you know, the water they were pulling? Weren't there, to put it politely, elephant droppings? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, survivor, survivor. I, I wouldn't quit if I was on the show, but. Based just off living conditions, this would be the one I think that would make me consider it the most.
0: Yeah. A lot of these early ones were just absolutely brutal in terms of like the survival aspect. Um, Obviously, season one, no one really knew what they were getting into. But, (laughs) um, you know, Australian Outback being season two, I just remember fires and just all kinds of crazy stuff in Africa with... (laughs) fearing um the wildlife to put it nicely and yeah uh i i don't know i'm i guess it'd be nice to maybe have them mix it up every once in a while these days but it's tough to complain about fiji so yeah the Um, the
1: visual aspect is such a a major factor that i feel like people don't always think about because it's just a given of the show Obviously, there's the behind-the-scenes stuff of the relationship they have with the Fijian government and Commerce of Tourism and all of that. The tax breaks and, and you know they employ a lot of locals on the on the crew. So there are other benefits to it. Also, just simplicity's sake, that they they know they got a spot. I think they can probably keep some some stuff there, some challenge equipment and whatnot and supplies, materials. Just keep it on island even if it's not exactly where they're going to be they can kind of keep it in that general area makes it a lot easier for production from the production side of things but i mean they get some awesome transition shots on under, underwater on you know helicopter drone shots over the ocean and those things add up over a season you know you may yeah. not it won't make the difference from one episode to be great versus bad but from season one or episode one to episode 1450, whenever the finale is, those little things make a huge difference. And in season like Africa, obviously they were still feeling themselves out, but a season like Africa just missed that. And you and you can feel that when you go back and watch it, or even watch clips or scenes, or just YouTube videos. There's just some, there's little little snags that's missing from the show.
0: Yeah, you're saying you don't like the uh, the bird's eye view of the desert?
1: Not unless it's in Lion King.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. Well. Uh, this is a little different, but you know, great, great cast. Nonetheless, you got, uh, you got big Tom making his debut. You got Lex, you got Ethan, you know, few, a few interesting characters in there, but, um, yeah, I mean, all in all location wise, uh, cast wise, not, not the most entertaining season they've produced, but, um, a couple, a couple interesting things. Um, I think it, this was the first time that there was uh, someone accused. Well, no, I guess Australian Outback um, was, uh, was there like a granola bar incident or oh, something?
1: I I think Australia, was it, was it jerky? I'm remembering jerky. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a granola bar in Amazon, I think. Um, but anyway, I think this, I remember there being like a a corn incident or something on, uh, on Africa where someone was, was stealing food. Um, so yeah, I remember that. Um, and then the other thing that I remember and I, I have no idea why this is what jumps out, but it was Frank and Brandon's date. Um, was that, was that the movie one? Yeah, the drive-in movie date between two guys that just hated each other. <laughs> so I mean, even though they weren't they weren't on like the premiere uh list of characters, I just started off with there, you know, a few few fun moments between people you may not remember too well. Um that kept kept the season watchable just like just like most survivor seasons.
1: And we'll get into an even better movie reward a little bit later tonight. <laughs> One of, the, one of the, my favorite moments of of the series, but maybe the most notable thing about Africa is obviously only season three a lot of time, opportunity for first to happen. But this was the first tribe swap.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It is sent I mean, the, I...
1: sent two people. You know, it wasn't the the Jeff Propes, Everybody drop your buffs. Big TV moment, but you know, got to start somewhere, and that kind of set the precedent.
0: Yeah. And I remember also early on, I think there's a huge discrepancy between the two tribes. Um, Like the, there was one tribe was just, I think it, I have it here. It was uh, Samburu. It was just beyond dysfunctional. Um, And it was like a young versus old thing within the tribe. And you just had a lot of like bitterness and complaining of being lazy and just, uh, yeah, I mean, Kind of typical Survivor stuff, but um, this one seemed a little, I don't know, a little less watchable than uh, some of the conflicts that we've seen.
1: Yeah, it, it's not my favorite. Um, you know, if, if I was watching with someone who was doing a, a, a rewatch or a watch for the first time and I was watching with them, well, actually, there's no season I would skip, but Africa would, wouldn't be on the on the mind there to, as to potentially miss out on. But yeah, but yeah I mean, Ethan obviously after winners at war, I think most fans have an even greater appreciation for him than they may have for sure. The first time. I mean, just the, the person he is after what he's gone through. I mean, my my goodness, he's he's an inspiration in in multiple ways. And there, there were signs of of that kind of person here in Africa. So as a person, I thought he was, he's a, he's a great guy. I don't think that's, that's something you can argue as a player. I thought he was fine. You know, played a good social game, pretty good in challenges, but he wasn't exactly dynamic. And yeah. you, know, mis- you missed out on on that on that personality. Obviously, you can't guarantee the winner is going to have a big personality. And if they're not, you know, funny or super engaging or loud and boisterous in their in their confessionals, you can't really edit around that. You can pick and choose the best moments, leave out the kind of dull ones. But you know, they they can make the character be whatever they want, but they need something to work with.
0: Yeah, and I'm I definitely agree. Um, not that we're gonna get too much into his second season um, on this episode, but I even in All Stars, I remember he just wasn't all that engaging for me, and um, it's just weird that like obviously some people you can see that personality just in the confessionals and stuff. Um, You can be like, wow, this is really an incredible person. But um, like you were saying with Ethan, it didn't, didn't always come through until like after his time on the show. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of where we saw uh, like what Ethan was really made of. And um, yeah, definitely gives you more of a respect for what he did out there too in Africa
1: absolutely no 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 doubting that um unless you got anything else to add we move on to our second chance players for the season yeah i think
0: i think that's good for me i don't um yeah i don't remember really anything else noteworthy that i want to talk about um i don't know there's another there's another pick a number scenario at uh <laughs> at the final tribal council in this one too so Classic staple of a uh, kind of myth um, jury. But
1: speaking of that, know. as I've been, so I've been rewatching sporadic seasons. I'm not able to rewatch everything in the full. Just we kind of started this kind of hey, let's do this. Okay, we're doing it. So we don't have time to get every season under my belt again. So I'm rewatching all of watched I think close to two thirds when it's all said and done. But one of the things that i'm realizing is that final tribal might be my least favorite part of any season just just as a whole really because okay. what I've, and maybe it's just the ones that i'm watching and I'm, I'm kind of watching in in order of when we'll be discussing them so i'm still on i'm kind of in the mid-tier now where i'm at but there's so much self-righteousness from the jury
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs)
1: Probably the worst question is, why'd you vote me out? Like people, like that's going to sway the the rest of the jury as to why they voted some one specific person out. Or when people say, here's how tonight's going to work. If you guys do this, this or this, you're not going to stand a chance at winning. It's like, who chose you to speak for the entire jury and sound like an asshole while you're doing it? There's just a lot of that. And. When it permeates throughout the entire jury, oh, it just makes that half hour or so segment just, just brutal to get through.
0: Yeah. And, you know, going back to the, why did you vote me out thing? It's just, a, just an obvious case of someone fishing for a compliment. Yeah. So it's
1: like, oh, because I thought you were a threat and I couldn't beat you. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes, um, like we'll, like we'll see earlier later on with, with Earl and Yao man it's a compliment and it's probably true. And then there's the cases like Todd and John Robert, where Todd knew (laughs) what to say just to appease, appease the guy. Yeah.
0: John Robert was expecting it and he was still just floored by how, (laughs) how great the
1: compliment was. Yeah. So travels, final travels can be fun, but maybe, maybe it's also because I'm watching seasons so fast. I mean, I'm, I'm going through two or three a week. It seems like, it could be, but and, I think a, a lot I, of, I think juries... it's probably just the, the fact of, you know, the, the worse or lower ranked seasons are probably going to have not as good of a cast, which means they won't have as good of jury members, but maybe see, see how that goes as we, as we move on. But for my second chance for Africa, I've only got one, someone we haven't even touched on yet. T-Bird, Teresa Cooper. Love, okay, I... love her. She, she's, she was one of my favorites on Africa and she, she's just a delight. There's really no other way to describe her. I love her. I'll, I'll take her back anytime.
0: Yeah. And I'm not, um, I think I've, I've mentioned this, but I'm not super uh, it on all the behind the scenes stuff or following a ton of other survivor podcasts, but I know that she plays a pretty big role on uh, Rob has a podcast. So
1: yeah, that actually be... that's one that I don't listen to, but but it's actually really cool. She'll she'll track down in whatever her methods are, survivor players that people haven't heard from in a while, whether they've intentionally distanced themselves from the show or whatever the case may be, and she'll get a bunch of you know, a bunch of popular players, at least during the during their season, and she'll bring them on with you know her and Rob and, and talk and have a little interview. But yeah, so if that's something you're you're interested in, there's a lot of you know, old school players and players you maybe haven't heard from in a while that, that she talks to, but, um, but yeah, Teresa, Teresa T-Bird, she's fantastic. Missed her not getting on the first, second chance, but I'll, I'll take her again. Any, any time she's asked and she says, yes.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. A lot of, a lot of relationships. I'm sure that uh, would come into play there too.
1: Anyone else you'd add to that?
0: No, I don't think so. Um, A lot of the, Players that I mentioned have already been on another season or two, so um I think I'm I'm good with just T Bird.
1: Okay, that'll bring us on to our thirty fourth ranked season, two thousand eight season seventeen, staying in Africa, moving over to Gabon, won by my guy Bob Crowley, who for me was pretty much a saving grace for this season. Another ugly setting, whereas Africa was maybe just barren and uninteresting. Gabon, I, I legit thought was just ugly, unappealing to look at. Again, you know, the visual aspect, something that you're staring at an hour a week for 15 weeks, it it, <laughs> it can wear on you a little bit.
0: Yep. And this this is uh, I, I remember there was an exile island theme here, and it was like you just went from one brown place to another <laughs> brown place.
1: Yep. Oh, and before I forget, this was my 32nd ranked season. Jared's 33rd.
0: Yeah. So consensus, uh, bottom fourth, not great, but as we said, they're all good. Yeah. So Bob, Bob's um, fake,
1: fake idol plays, Randy, depending on how you feel about Randy, he either added a lot or took away a lot, uh, from, from the season hit his and, and crystals rivalry, was was great when she just yells his name when she just screams at him when she's voting him out there's 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 some good moments um are you are you a randy guy
0: oh man i i think yes (laughs) i i think so but um really i mean he hasn't i he hasn't made a super deep run um into either of his seasons I don't think I mean I I guess I don't know what the technical finishing order of Gabon was but it seemed like I mean he he made the jury right but um yeah I don't think he got anywhere near the final
1: I'll I'll pull it up but yeah he he was he was early jury I believe yeah but he he just so obviously he, he finished eighth
0: okay yeah um It'd be nice to see him like really get into the final stages of the game and and see if his game would evolve. Um, I guess past just being kind of a, kind of an instigator. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it it's always fun to have someone playing that role too, and especially if they get into it uh, with a couple of other people, you know, at least to keep the season. I guess conflict is good to a certain extent. And yeah. um, he definitely provided
1: that. He's also pretty self-deprecating too. Cause there there's, there's him and, and Corinne were kind of the, I don't want to say the, the negative energy, but they were the ones who were the, always, villains? the villains. That's the obvious word. I can't believe I missed that. Um, but C- Corinne, so there's Randy and crystal and there's really Corinne and sugar. And there were some legitimately hilarious moments between the two. I, I personally like Corinne. Because she just embraces that, that villain role and just thrives on it. And I, I respect someone who can, who can do it and be entertaining while they do it. Now, obviously, at the final tribal, there's a whole incident with, with her comments about Sugar's dad who had passed away. And that definitely crossed the line. But the, the one, other one she had where she said, Sugar, I'll give you my vote if you promise to use it to get your, your larynx removed. That, I mean, that's, that's legitimately hilarious, <laughs> legitimately a hilarious statement to make.
0: Yeah. Who comes up
1: with that, man? She, she's very, she's very good. And go back to, to Rob has a podcast. She, she had a stretch where she did, um, an episode with him before each season, Corinne's brutal cast assessment, she would go based just off of like the picture and the brief CBS bio and just roast these people. <laughs> and it, it got to the point where, where, where the players actually look forward to just being humiliated by her. So she, she's got that, that personality down, obviously it doesn't work for everybody. And a lot of people may not like the constant, if you will, negativity, but aside from the, the very end, which obviously is a, is a big thing and you can't really overlook it. But aside from that, I thought she was super entertaining. I'm glad she made it as far as she did. She she was a lot of fun to have on on a otherwise kind of dull cast.
0: Yeah, um, and I would say yeah to to echo you, the cast was uh, definitely not one of the best ones that they've put together. Um, really, my my bigger takeaway was um, just how Bob was using the fake idols. I think that you know he he kind of innovated that um yep to an extent that no one had really used or like a success level that no one had used and um yeah really towards the end of the game he he turned it up a ton and uh brought it brought it home in a respectable way um you know as far as gameplay goes
1: and the bow tie can't can't forget the bow tie oh of course not just flexing on everybody classic look well anything else to add to gabon should we go on to our second chance players for this? Oh,
0: I, I got a couple things sure. here I'll throw in. Um, so this was one of those seasons that started off with the, uh, with a straight, like people or straight captain situation where. Oh, yep. You have the two, uh, old they, the two oldest players they, again. Yeah. They pick the tribes and and there's just the one person that has no concept of picking a team. <laughs> <laughs> and The other one just puts together like the mon and <laughs> it's, you know, it just gets ugly really fast, and um, yeah, that was uh, it's it's always it's always kind of fun to watch that for a little bit. But um, I know uh, another thing they they threw one of the I think it was the actual idol um, into the sea, <laughs> like they they're just like, yeah, we don't want we don't want the conflicts. We're just gonna chuck this into the water and get rid of it for the rest of the season um and yeah it was uh i don't know just a lot of kind of gameplay blunders um kenny spent zero dollars out of a thousand
1: auction dollars that he that he could have spent man kenny kenny got so arrogant near the end (laughs) yeah people season
0: 17 we're still feeling the game out you know it's not (laughs) Not perfect yet, but yeah, a few a few things like that um, that I remember before we get into the second chance players. But um, yeah, we, we can go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah, I've, I've only got two. I would say, Bob, you know, I think he's, I looked it up yesterday, I think he's 70 now. So I don't know how likely that would be. But basically, I would say any winner who hasn't come back yet deserves a chance to at least, Say yes or no, give them the, give them the invite. Maybe not Chris Underwood. We'll see. We'll see how I feel when we get to that episode. Um, But any any winner, regardless of how, how much I like them or think or would have wanted someone else to win or not. If you win the game, you, if you want it, you should get a chance to chance to come back. Now he's probably a little less likely, but you know, Rudy was early seventies, I believe. So it wouldn't be the first time, um, but he's probably a little less likely these days but I think this will be fun to see him again but that'd be the only one I'd have um, for for this one
0: yeah and um, also like with the whole bringing back the winners thing um, I think it's it interests me to see how the other contestants react to winners coming back um, where some of them can fly under the radar like Sandra Um, you know obviously Tony came back for his second season and I mean, put a target on his own back, but still, I mean, there was no way he was even making it to the merge and, you know, um,
1: that'll be interesting though. If did that performance allow him to then win winners at war?
0: I know, I know it's uh, the long play. Exactly. You got to respect the long. He knew play. what he was doing. Yep. <laughs> um, and I think I I might throw I might throw Kenny in just, just because, you know, why not? We'll mix it up. We'll and uh, like you said, he was <laughs> getting pretty arrogant towards the end. I remember he, he just said like straight up, Bob is a bad survivor player or something. <laughs> <like that. laughs> so if you, yeah, we, I think we need more people calling the eventual winners, bad players. I think that would, that would really help out the season. they We're doing play. second chance.
1: He did only win by one vote which is terrible when you think of yeah. Susie going up against who.
0: Yeah. And, and really, I mean, sugar pretty much rolled out the red carpet for him to walk into the finals. Um, like I thought he was perceived to be a bigger threat um, than Maddie, as far as jury votes went. And um, you know, Sugar, Sugar pretty much got him into the finals because she just had such a strong bond with him. So that's another testament to his social game too, I think.
1: All right, that'll close out Gabon. Moving on to our 33rd ranked season. 2002's season four Marquesas won by Vesepia Tauri. This is our, well, our biggest so far difference until or until the next season, my 28th ranked season, Jared's 37th. So not that I have it super high, but you know, compared to Jared's low ranking, what about this? Put it so far near the bottom for you.
0: I think it was like the post merge play. Um where really, to me, that's where I like, I like the gameplay to pick up, but. A lot of the interesting stuff happened before the merge. I think there there are some surprising votes, especially early on, where some strong players went. Um, some alliances were forming really early on, and uh, obviously, early stage Boston Rob. Uh, we'll get the on the share. Yeah, definitely helps. But um, yeah, all of that stuff was kind of resolved by the time the merge happened for me, and. Um, I think if it would have ended how it started uh, or at least maybe like started slow and ended with all that stuff happening, I I would have liked it a lot more, but um, yeah, it didn't seem like didn't seem like a whole bunch of people were making big plays towards the end, but again, season four. So.
1: Oh, it was the first time obviously again, only season four that you, we saw a true power shift in the game with the minority Alliance, you know, working to flip a couple members from, the majority to to turn the game on its head and you know that allowed then or helped propel visapia to the win so you know looking back historically i guess it's a it's a it's a pretty big moment when you realize that that kind of mindset was starting all the way back in season four
0: yeah yeah more um i guess i would call it more fluid gameplay um where it wasn't uh it seemed like early on especially a lot of the members or cast members like later in the season had a good or bad kind of uh like label on them but for me like Vesepio is one of the first ones that was like wow like what what kind of a game has she been playing like she's kind of flipped a little bit but um like, I can't really say she's done anything wrong, and it turned out to work pretty well for her. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think any of the, especially late in the season, I don't think any of the cast really, um, I, they, they, they
1: didn't speak to me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you mentioned Boston Rob, so let's talk about him a little bit. Classic. I mean, it's, as the Rob, we, you know, uh, with heart more, you know, less, less soft edges, you know, harder edges, but it's the Rob, we, we know today, he just tries to bulldoze his way through the game and whether, you know, for better or for worse, he just does his thing and just tries to impose his will on everybody. You love to see it. I mean, the Rob father was born.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine why they asked him back for all stars
1: <laughs> and for HVV, and for winners at war. And winners at island.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, Definitely. Like when I've, was getting into my survivor journey. Obviously there's a few players that, that you hear of ahead of time and that you're looking forward to watching. And I don't think I'd ever seen a Boston Rob season before this one. And you don't even know, like, from my perspective, I don't even know which season these people are going to pop up in. And um, like this one, you just see like a guy named Rob, like super charismatic obviously at the Boston accent and, um, you're like, yep, definitely this guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he had it, you know, he was, he's a reality show producers dream.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's pretty much the whole package. I mean, the, the personality, but also just the kind of cutthroat <laughs> mentality, uh, yep. as far as gameplay goes.
1: Absolutely. And for better or for worse, he didn't really change his strategy in <laughs> going forward. Maybe refined pieces here and there, but I think that's that's probably not that begin to need to get into a big Boston Rob deep dive tonight. But I think that's probably his one, or not his one, his his big his bigger flaw in his game is that. And obviously, he's he's done very well. You know, one one final and a win. Then we'll get to Redemption Island and we'll see how we feel about that one but you know he won the game and but he he in all, all of his seasons he kind of did the same the same thing and <clears throat> excuse me and a lot a lot of players will adapt like Tyson for example you know he 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 evolved his game from each time out and eventually culminated in a very impressive winning season of blood versus water whereas Rob you know he instituted the hilarious buddy system which which I love but his, his broader strategy more or less seems to have stayed the same. And, you know, he, he is what he is and I love him for it, but that is, that's one thing where maybe he wouldn't have needed redemption Island to, to win or to get that win. If he had been able to, to mix it up a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think especially early on, like when you, when you watch the same kind of gameplay, it, it does get a little bit um, predictable, at least how he does it, but being his first season, um, like that effect was, was really nowhere <laughs> nowhere to be seen. And, and it was just straight watching this guy for the first time, like, wow, this is incredible.
1: Yep, definitely. And then we can't talk about Marquesas without talking about the purple rock draw. First one. What do you think of just in broad terms, not necessarily this specific instance, but just going to rocks in general? Do you have any, do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you get why people do it? Would you flip?
0: Mm, I, I get why people do it. Um, I think in certain situations, it can be the right play. Definitely more so if it's like a 6v6 tie rather than, a uh, two v two tie, uh, but I mean, yeah, if you can get the odds enough in your favor, where it would be pretty mathematically improbable that you would go home, um, I might take those odds over a standard tribal council. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm depending on the situation, I can get on board with it, but I'd, I'd any later in the game, maybe even past the merge, ugh, it it'd be tough.
1: It also depends. I feel like who who you're going to rocks for, and because you'll hear that argument um, from season to season. Oh, well, I'm not going to go to you know. Why would I go to rocks for person X? And and that's probably the biggest thing, is, or one of the bigger things, at least in my mind, is that who am I okay saving and putting my game on the line for? Where if it's if it's someone who who's in your alliance, but you don't get along with or whatever it might be. Or if, if you know you're at the bottom of your alliance and you're, and it, it'll be to save somebody you perceive as you know higher ranked than you, you know, that those times it does make sense or could make sense to flip and you got to live with the consequences of course. But you know, if there's someone who, who's been maybe berating you all season long, you know, it makes sense that you wouldn't go to, go to rocks for that person.
0: See, for me, I don't know if it, if it really makes a huge difference for who I'm going to rocks for, because the main goal is you're so set on just having numbers. And if you're that set in your numbers, then I don't know if it really matters who you're going to rocks for. You're just hoping that it's not one of your people. Um, Cause obviously, you know, would you rather have, you and someone you're really solid with in a minority alliance or would you rather be, I guess, in a majority alliance with, I don't know, people that you feel less good about. It's, it's tough to say, but um, yeah, I mean, in this particular case, I definitely would not have gone to rocks and it's just like, I being as competitive as I am and playing, you know, a bunch of sports like Pretty much for my entire life, it just mm-hmm. like it seems like they didn't really have a competitive bone in their bodies. If you're if you're going to rocks that late into the game,
1: yeah, it it's always interesting when the rock discussion comes up. You know, to see different people's minds that go, go back to Tyson. You know, they drew rocks in in Blood versus Water, and he was just dead set. Yeah, I'll go to rocks. Just just was a fact of the matter. And you see, and you can kind of pinpoint and the show does it kind of does it for you, but you can always kind of pinpoint who is going to be the the target of who, who each tribe will try to get to flip. I don't know if we've yeah. seen it before. Have we seen, I don't think we have one person from each Alliance flip and have it be a tie anyway. Cause that's what no, I want to see. That's what I yeah, really want to see. Think, yeah, I that don't think that would be hilarious. Yep. Yeah. I need, I need the reaction shot of someone who flipped thinking they say themselves and then seeing that somebody else flipped and then just seeing their reaction at, at tribal council.
0: Yeah. Not even, maybe not even at tribal, it would just be like going back to camp and having to figure out what happened with everyone there. That'd
1: be great. You know, there are 40 seasons in, they've got hopefully another 40 seasons left in them. It's gotta happen. It has to happen at least once. And I need it. I need it, Jared. Yep.
0: Yep. Still time for new things. Always.
1: All right, second chance for Marquesas. I I've got Vesepia and Sean, Sean Rector, uh final four I believe. Oh, Charisma- hell yeah. Charismatic guy, <laughs> yeah. big big fan of him. And and Vesepia um a lot of behind the scenes stuff as you said you're not as up to date on that, but that maybe she hasn't been unfairly not given a chance again, but even without the all winners thing. I I think she deserves another shot to get out there and really show it, show what she can do. Um, you know, it's always fun seeing these old school players come back and try to adapt to the, the so-called new school game, even if it's not an all returning players, like the winners at war was, but you know, fans versus favorite type deal, something like that. But I'd love to see her come back. So her and Sean, we might too.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good too. Um, I don't really see. Just scrolling through this, I don't really see anyone. Maybe John Carroll. He was uh, <laughs> he was a wild ride. Um, if you remember the jellyfish incident, um,
1: yes, I don't know how So, you
0: <laughs> so yeah, it, it could be fun to have him back too. Um, but for sure, Sean would be a great time. And um, I think sepia actually in modern survivor using a similar strategy to the one she had, I think could do pretty well um, mm-hmm. just cause she was comfortable kind of moving back and forth and um, you know, not not super concerned about like who she was going to upset and uh, just really play in the game for herself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, that would definitely benefit her in, in today's game. All right. That'll close us out from our cases and moving on to season Arthur our season 32, 2007, season 14, Fiji won by Earl Cole, our first double digit split. This is my 37th ranked season and your 26th ranked season. couple, couple, just quick notes here before we get into it. This was an odd one where it only had 19 castaways. There were 20, um, the, the 20th I guess, you know, unfortunately had some panic attacks, like right before they were set to start the game and they didn't have time to get a replacement in for her. So she did drop out. That's why there were only 19 and 18 out of the 19 players were recruits this season. Only one actually applied to the show. And I think that shows that's one reason why I am down so low is there weren't many gamers here. Um, you know, it was people who had never seen the show or, or they got cast and then went and watched it. You know, they, they weren't, not that you have to be a super fan to be on the show, but you kind of need to have a basic understanding of the game and, or you can be Earl and get cast and fly out. I think it was two days later. I think he got cast on Friday and flew out on, on Sunday or Monday. So obviously that just blew my last point out of the water, but he's definitely the exception. I mean, he won the, he won in the first unanimous win in the shows in the show's run and he played a great game but i think he's 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 the exception but um so again kind of like me and marquesas you have at 26 not super high but i'd say higher than most people are on fiji what about this one did it for you
0: uh well i have i love earl and y'all man uh first off so that was a big plus for me but um i do remember uh some pretty big like innovations in gameplay i know the um the first time that they ever like tried to avoid voting for someone with an idol and just vote out someone like a lesser player i think it was edgardo um where you know it was pretty clear that uh the majority Alliance was going to be voting for one of three people. So they kind of guessed at who they would be targeting and they just went for the person that nobody would suspect. And
1: the first successful vote split.
0: And well that too, I mean, we've seen obviously that used a lot more, um, in later seasons. So for me, that was a big deal. Um, and I like not knowing that these players were, you know, not specific survivor fans. Um, for me, I thought they were still pretty good um, in terms of gameplay. Or Maybe it was just Earl carrying the whole season for me. But um,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, like just like Yao Man is, I think he made a fake idol too, didn't he?
1: He did. Um, I don't think anyone found it or it never came into play, but he did make one. Yeah. And, and that was and the first the time that, that,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, So just like a lot of, and, and then plus, you know, the whole ending with like the deal that he made with dreams for the car. And there was just some, some really big stuff that happened this season that I think has um, had an effect on later seasons. So I, I mean, I thought it was solid. Um, I liked a decent amount of the cast members, but yeah, not, not even in my top half, but still uh, that's what kept it higher for me. It was just some of the innovations.
1: Okay, I'll talk about some of the things I liked before I get into a little bit of why it's so far down for me. Echo you 100% on Earl and Yao Man. They're fantastic. I mean, Yao Man has this quote near the end love many, trust few, do wrong to no one. I mean, are you kidding me with that? That's incredible. And it's, it's stuff like that that just kind of endears him to, to everyone, except for, except for Johnny Fairplay later on. That's, that's a great, great comedy. He, Yao Man's not, not who people think he is incredible stuff. Um, it's a it's a really diverse cast, you know, coming down the heels of Cook Islands, you know, the the thought was you know, Cook Islands obviously the, the controversial divide the tribes by race theme and the thought was that they did it right away again in season 14 with a really diverse cast to prove that it wasn't just a a ratings gimmick in in Cook Islands, but I thought that worked really well and that's what's something that's in a lot of the discussion today is is diversity in casting and in hiring and not that we're going to get into that. Um, Again, not to promote Rob as a podcast, not that he needs it from us, but they had a a black voices in survivor series over the summer. Um, There were maybe three or four episodes on that. That's really good. Really insightful. That goes a lot more in depth into that kind of behind the scenes stuff really worth looking into if you haven't listened to that yet, but the diverse cast, you know, it it was an all, all black player final three with, with dreams Earl and Cassandra and first time it happened, hasn't happened since. So definitely some, some historic, historic moments there. Um, The, the Yao man dreams car deal, obviously is a big moment that produced some really good drama. And I think we'll maybe get to that in a, in a bit here definitely want to get get each of our thoughts on that and earl's a great winner you know he helps keep this even you know as high as it is out of the very bottom for me because he was the best he was the best player from day one and he was the best player from day one best player on day 39 and it, even though i i like cassandra just fine i think if earl hadn't been there she would have been a fine winner um but earl being in the final three had to win and so it always helps when who I think the best player is wins the season that definitely keeps, keeps it, the keeps helps keep the interest. Um, but the main thing, well, actually, before I get into that, M- Michelle falling off the platform <laughs> yeah. at the blindfolded challenge is one of my favorite moments. I've, I've said a lot about one of my favorite moments. I've got a lot of them, but that one, it's just so innocuous, it doesn't affect anything, but you see her, she's all all hyper and keep going, keep going, keep going. And then, and then she just slides over and just falls off and just pops right back up, doesn't miss a beat. It's incredible. And, and that's actually the second time you see her fall. Um, early on in, in episode, probably two or three after the tribes are just getting decimated, which is one of my big issues. She's walking and she just, just falls. Like, I think it's because she's so dehydrated and hungry. But what the way they they played over with the voiceover, it's it's great. Um, love Michelle, but the haves versus have-nots, one of the worst decisions they've ever made in this show. I think Edge of Extinction is still number one, and then it's this and Medallion of Power. I know last we got I, I said Medallion of Power was my was the second worst. This one, it's it's one of those two. This was so bad. I I don't know what they were thinking with this, because, of course, if you give one tribe an epic shelter with a bed and couch and food and pots and pans and a table and you give the other tribe a pot and a machete. Yeah, that one tribe is going to be well fed, well rested. They're going to win every challenge. And it, it was just frustrating to watch because. There was nothing the other tribe could have done. Obviously, they could have won the first challenge, but then it would have just been flipped. One tribe still would have had the huge, huge advantage given to them by production. It's not like they started off even, and then one just kept winning the challenges. Like in Palau, they were on on even footing. One just kept winning. This one, they did not start an even footing. And one tribe just, just ran away with it. And that tribe was just pretty unlikable, I thought. They were... They were they were really like just rude to Dreams, you know. They want a French press, and they just wouldn't show him how to use it. And then they were get, they were like ripping on it for not knowing how to use it. And when and they, they knew Dreams' story by that point. He was homeless for a long time. He's not gonna know how to use a French press. I don't know how to use a French press. I would ask for help if I wanted to use it, and they just said, "No, I'm not gonna show him anything." And then the thing was Alex, who's like, "These guys are being big time jackasses." So he asked them how to use it, and they just tell him right away so it wasn't that they didn't know know how to do it themselves this actively chose to just deprive dreams of that for no reason at all weren't a very likable tribe for me but that the has versus have not set such a negative tone for me and it was really really hard to recover um also the first merge immunity challenge being a team challenge and then then just five people go to tribal hated that really didn't like that. Um, I mean, a, a few fun things, but, and then th- this is just kind of the, by itself is not a huge, huge thing, but for me, it just kind of points to the, the show as a whole for the final three breakfast, it's not just waiting for them at camp. They drop it in a box into the ocean. <laughs> Earl's got to swim out and get it like doesn't really matter, but when you take that just as on top of everything else from this season, it's just like, sure, why not just mess with them one more time? I
0: see that none of them were true fans of the show. They probably didn't know that the <laughs> final breakfast isn't always just dropped into the ocean.
1: Ugh. That one, I just kind of had to laugh at that because it was it was so so dumb to me. But I was talking a lot there. Anything to jump on with what I was talking about there? Any other thoughts?
0: Uh, I I like that. Um, you say, you know, with this tribe that's given the nice shelter and just everything that sets them up well for the rest of the game. I mean, obviously, they're going to have a huge advantage because what we just saw on Winners at War was Tyson talking about what a big advantage a jar of peanut butter is. <laughs> so, yeah. that's uh, That kind of puts that into perspective. So, um, yeah, I mean... As as we were talking about Gabon, I was like talking myself into liking the season more uh, than I than I indicated. Now talking about this one, you're talking me into liking this one less. So <laughs> and yeah, then you like I, what you I like. don't know. Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, it's just just my my gut instinct upon you know one maybe two watches, but um, yeah, I I mean not I wouldn't say among I wouldn't say among the worst for me. Um, a lot of a lot of interesting things happen, you know, innovation wise. And I, I wonder if that was in part due to a large part of this cast, not having seen the show before and just, or, you know, not being fully invested in the show and um, that kind of leading to some out of the box ideas. So maybe that had something to do with it, but um, yeah, I, I think we're good for, I think,
1: I think there could have, been a, could have been a better balance. Okay. You know, If they maybe had half recruits and half not, not that they can guarantee the, the mixture every time. Because then, yeah, you do get what you were saying there. You get some out-of-the-box thinking where they don't have necessarily, I guess at this point, 13 seasons of, of of knowledge to go off of. They think, oh, I can do A, B, and C and not think about, oh, but this didn't work for that person, so maybe I shouldn't do it. They just kind of go with what they want. Um, but the one thing that this season gave us which is one of my favorite things that they do. They need to bring back. I don't know the official name for it, but it's the Q and a like tribe challenge where they, so they, so Jeff will ask them a bunch of questions. They, their answer is a member of the tribe and then he goes back and then he'll read the questions and they say what they think the group consensus answer. Oh, right.
0: Yep. Yep. Love, love that <laughs> challenge. No, it's always the one person that gets a, uh, gets singled out as the least likable most annoying
1: yep so i was i was re-watching one world and they do this one there and one of the questions is who most needs a wake-up call in life it's completely taking the game out of it and and everybody it, it's cat everybody answers cat except for cat i mean those moments are are awesome and i want them to bring that challenge back because it it's sole purpose is to create drama because then you've also got the, the chopping or the, whatever the method is in that one of eliminating other people from the challenge. So there's that whole um, psychology of the challenge too. That one is great. That was the first time they did it. So I'm very thankful to Fuji for, for introducing that. Um, but let's talk a little bit about, before moving on, the, the car deal. So, so the infamous car challenge, no one who's ever won the challenge has won the game. And Yao Man wins the challenge, and he makes a deal with Dreams that if he gives him the car, which was a big big old truck, that he'll give Dreams the car, but then if they're both at Final Four and Dreams wins immunity, he will give it to Yao Man. And Dreams accepts instantly. Then obviously at Final Four, Dream it's down to Dreams versus Yao Man in the endurance challenge of just hanging onto a bar, classic, and Dreams wins. So then you've got the, the drama of whether or not he's going to give it up, you get the found the tribal council. I'm sorry, and dreams keeps it, and this was a huge moment on the show and for fans and coverage and whatnot. What do you think about that? How that how that all played out?
0: Oh man, this it's you're you putting me on the spot with these gray area questions today. Um, you know, I think given where we were in the evolution of the game, it was. Definitely shadier than it would be today. From um, which side? Like
1: shady from Yaman it, to offer it or from Dreams to accept it?
0: Um I think for for Dreams to accept it and not follow through early on in the series. Um, it was a bit more shocking than like if it were happening or if it were to happen today. Where you know, a lot of you make a lot of out of game. Or seemingly out of game decisions that you can leverage in the game um, today, but that was something we hadn't really seen back then.
1: Yeah, I think when I first watched it, so I've watched the season twice now. When I first watched it, I was kind of shocked that Dreams went back on on the agreement and thought he was definitely in the wrong. And then watching it again, and one of the benefits I've gotten from re-watching some of the seasons. And, just, and then just in general watching the series is kind of being able to read into the edit a little bit and realizing that the person that they show you on screen probably isn't an accurate portrayal of the person and not even how they were on the Island that so specifically for dreams, he, you know, the big thing that got mentioned a few times is he was, he was homeless uh, for some time, very, you know, struggling a lot financially and Never had a car. That was kind of the big thing that got Yaman to offer him that. But they they didn't portray on the show the the grind that he went through and, and just the the effort and all that he was you know fighting for for him and his his son at the time. And to have a car be given to him like that was a huge, huge thing for him. And I don't think Yaman took advantage of that. I think he saw an opportunity for to do something genuinely good. For someone, while also having it doubling as a strategic play, I mean, you look back to that quote that that Yao Man said was "Love many, that showing love, trust few, hard to trust them. There, do wrong to no one." You know, I think that quote kind of, or that moment kind of embodies that quote um, to a T almost, and. And it's hard to fault dreams because, you know, he gets the car young man kind of gives him the clear is like, if you don't stay true to this, whatever, like you get the car, no hard feelings. He says that final tribal and then dreams, they find out that the final three, not a final two. Um, so that obviously changes things a little bit as well. And then he's got a shot at a million dollars, which for everyone would change their life, but especially some, someone, in someone his, in his particular position. And, I think it was it's kind of unfair to judge him for for accepting and then going back on it. Cause accepting, he accepts it right away. He doesn't really even think about it. And this and this might go back to to the recruit thing too, that if you if someone had offered this to a student of the game, they maybe would have thought it through a little more and might have said no because they would realize the position it could put them in. That they either win immunity, give it up, get voted out, and lose, or win immunity, keep it have people pissed off at him and lose and someone like dreams who maybe didn't watch the show maybe wouldn't have that that thought process but i'm i still think he should have followed through but i definitely have more understanding on his side of things in the or since the few years ago when i watched for the first time
0: yeah i think for me like one of the one of the parts that Makes me a little more understanding of it was how Yao Man reacted to it, um, where he really, like, he did not seem legitimately hurt by it. Where he kind of knew when he was making the offer that it may or may not be paid back to him, and um, I, I mean, that gives you more of a look into, I guess, the dynamic of the deal um, that they made. Where you know it wasn't he wasn't like shocked that dreams didn't follow through um but i mean what then let's say that you know dreams accepts the car and then wins immunity and like doesn't bring yao man with him um then it's like well does the deal change once dreams knows he wins immunity like does he give the car back to yao man and then say i'm not going to keep you but i'll give you the car there's there's a lot of other ways that you could have handled it um but like all in all i I don't think I really have an issue with it. Um, and a lot of it's because of how Yao Man
1: uh, reacted to it. It's definitely an interesting talking point, if if nothing else. Um, one last, that won't be much discussion on this, but just one thing I, I discovered, or I think this was known, but I didn't know it until kind of doing some last minute read up on the season. If you remember, there was no loved ones visit. This season, and do you know why that was? Do not know. During filming, there was a military coup in Fiji. They so while they were assured that their location, their production, everyone was safe, they didn't want to risk bringing more people onto the island in the middle of that. Oh my gosh!
0: Yep, yep. Well, that's uh, that would that would explain that.
1: I've got nothing else. That's just one, <laughs> I guess, fun fact, if you want to call it that. But um, for even for such a low rank season, for me, there's a fair amount of people I would like to see come back. Earl, obviously, I would take dreams again. Yeah, um, I think he, I think he got a l- little bit of a shaft in the edit, and I think I'd like to see him get another shot at it. Um, Michelle, so much fun, super just just bubbly and positive and happy. Love to see her get another shot. I would, I would take Rocky again. I know he definitely rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And the way he, he treated Anthony and Anthony's vote out was, and throughout most of the season was not great. But when he was, when he was in form, he was, he was pretty entertaining, you know, fit right in with, you know, in in a Ben Affleck, Matt Damon Boston movie was perfect. I would take Anthony again uh, Cassandra, I would say yes to. And I like Mookie. Mookie was, was kind of a dick at some points, but I liked, I liked him enough. I, I, I'd, I'd put him on the, on the master list as a, as a second chancer. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, I'll go. I mean, for sure, Earl, um, just on my first run through all these seasons, he was one of my favorite players, um, kind of slid down the list as he, you know, never returned. So you only have the one, the one season um, to go off of with him, but I would have him back for sure. Um, Yeah. I'd like to see how dreams goes about playing the game a second time. Uh, That could be good. And then um, for me, you said Rocky, I'd probably say no to Rocky just because he seemed to get really worn down by the game. And Mm -hmm. like, I don't, you know, if he, if he stayed pretty strong throughout it um, I'd say, yeah, why not um, go back to him? But he really like, I don't know if he has it in him to, you know, play an a hundred percent effort game for 39 days. So I'd, I'd probably go no there. Um, but the one that I would throw in that you didn't mention is Alex. And um, I think that like, he, he was definitely invested um, more than most people on this season, and then for good or bad, I mean, like, in the final tribal uh, questioning and, you know, jury speaking, he, like, his lawyer side really came out, and uh, I mean, he was, like, talking over people. He was, like, it's everything that you should not do, but like, if you want to really throw a wrench into the season, he'd he'd be an option.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought that was one of the worst found-out tribals ever. I mean, Lisi, don't don't get me started on her asking yeah. her dreams how many zeros are in a million. Yeah, like not even trying to hide what she thinks of him like that. Uh But don't I don't really want to get into that. Try to keep it, keep it a little positive around here. All right. So, anyone else for a second chance, or is that? close it out for you
0: yeah i'll go with lesey uh (laughs) (laughs) no that should do it
1: all right so then our last season for for this week our 31st ranked season 2011 season 23 south pacific the first season where our rankings match up we both had it at season 30 this one won of course by sophie clark and featuring two returning players of our beloved coach and Ozzy as well. Also, intro or not introduced, but kept the theme of the season before Redemption Island. Introduced John Cochran, Brandon Hance, the infamous Russell Hance's nephew. We'll A lot to talk about him there. Um, this one had some moments. I mean, I mean, Cochran's. Cochran's flip is obviously a, a big moment. You know, coach finally makes it to to final tribal of course doesn't win, obviously. um, Not really sure what to say or where to start here. Um, what do you think in general, I guess, to let's just get us going, of the returning player idea where it's just a couple, you know, one per tribe, whether it's two or three tribes, not like a full fans versus favorites or even four people like on Edge of Extinction, just two, one per tribe.
0: I don't like it. I, I don't think it works super well. Um, I think it failed in Guatemala, you know, like Redemption Island, the first season, obviously we were like, they did it for the Russell versus Rob showdown. We never got that. And, um, you know, I think uh, the season has to unfold in a really specific way in order for the two returning player um, gimmick to pay off.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. On day one, I think this is kind of the mindset that the, the other players have. Christine voices the opinion of, oh, they're just temporary players, which fine, don't say that. Absolutely don't say that because you don't know how anyone else in your tribe is going to feel about them. Plus, you all, you automatically make at least one enemy on your tribe at that moment. I mean, she she didn't hold anything back. She said what she wanted to say when she wanted to say it, and that's, that's fun. I love when players are like that you've got to have some sort of filter on you to to know that that's not something you should say out loud not on day one at least
0: yeah and you have to hope that other people on your tribe are with you when you say that it's not just that you have you have one less ally on your tribe it's that what if half your tribe likes coach <laughs> then, yeah like if, what if do she, you do if she
1: had been on redemption island or and so and someone said that who ended up being on rob's tribe and that, that whole tribe is in love with him minus yeah. a couple who are just not fully infatuated with him and she would have been gone day one just because just because she didn't like the person they were, they were with. So that that's, that was an interesting choice. Um, Redemption Island. You know, we'll talk about that maybe more um, when we get to that season, but what are your thoughts on that, that gimmick or theme?
0: Uh, I, I don't hate it. Um, I'm kind of indifferent. I mean, it, it just, I wouldn't say it makes the game better or worse. It just makes it different. And um, you know, if you have two returning players, I think it's a safe option to make sure that you know you get a couple extra episodes out of one of them if they happen to go early. But um, you know, outside of that, as long as as long as everyone knows the rules ahead of time, it it doesn't really bother me. Um, just the idea, at least, of Redemption Island.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not, a, not a big fan. I like it better than the edge because players are still being systematically eliminated. It's not just everyone goes and hangs out and then everyone's on the jury. Um, get to that, I think, next week if I have the seasons right. Um, But I still don't like it. I think once you're voted out, you should be out of the game. Or the compromise for me would be ended at the merge or don't end it at the final six. It's just so late in the game you know, final five, six, whenever they do it, it's so late in the game. And it, its impact is a little less on Redemption Island because they're still earning their way, you know, by defeating however many players they got to defeat, depending on how long they're there. But bottom line, if you get voted out, you should be out of the game. That's the essence of the, that is the, the essence of Survivor. Um, but if they did a Redemption Island season, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I wouldn't necessarily complain like I would if they ever bring the edge of extinction back
0: i'll just add something too. um for for this edition of redemption island i liked it more because they actually started taking it like strategy wise into account um i know that ozzy set himself up to go there on purpose to take someone out and then come back into the game and uh, when it's used like that i i think it makes it you know much better at least more the the risk is more paid off by the reward so um yeah i think like when you when you start using it as a long play or work it into your strategy um yeah why not but if if it was up to me if you're saying would you like a season with redemption island or without i would say without
1: agreed there um then of course our boy John Cochran day one asks to be called Cochran because all the, all the all-time the all greats are called by their last name. That's and, bold. I mean, he ended up obviously winning a second season, so it worked out, and he was a great personality. But, man, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself for really no reason at all.
0: I like that Jeff just goes with it, too. Like, he, he requests to be called Cochran, and Jeff says something like, well, we'll see if you live up to it. Cochran. <laughs> that was like the first time that he called him by his last name.
1: For someone like Cochran, though, they had to be such just a thrill to, to hear yep. that hear that voice by, by Jeff Probst.
0: Yep, yeah he was he was all in for that whole season, at least his his run on it. Um, making big big moves, taking his shirt off, running slow motion into the water.
1: He, he got to be a little much for me at times. But at the same time, you could tell he was coming out of his shell in a way that didn't look like he ever had before. And people do that, they don't necessarily know how to act or when to rein it in. So I liked it for him that he was really getting more comfortable with himself, but it did make for some awkward moments, which more power to him, but maybe could have made those scenes a little shorter.
0: Yeah, but hey. You you win some, you lose some. Say vie, I suppose.
1: Might as well talk some some Brandon Hans. Obviously, Russell's nephew went through as long as he could without revealing that, including wearing his shirt in some ridiculous ways over his head, but across his shoulders still. That no one thought to ask about. That would maybe the weirdest part because no one wears their shirt like that. I would have asked, hey, what are you doing that doing with your shirt like that? But um
0: actually um spider the guitar player from school of rock uh in no vacancy wears his shirt like that
1: does so he?
0: it's not, he's Brandon Hans is not the first one um so you know it could be a fashion statement
1: you got me there you caught me um no,
0: i i just um i think the the whole point of that was just that in in that movie it was meant to look ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Hans does it as a functional uh, yep.
1: <laughs> idea so yep i i think survivor made a big mistake in casting him
0: yeah I don't, and- I don't
1: i don't often say that with with players that in this sense you know some some players turn out to be duds. like oh they should have cast this person or that person but he was 19 he had i think two kids clearly dealing with bigger issues and had overcome some stuff that he maybe he was still Fighting through, you know, you feel for him. He literally was just a kid at that point. And I think they got caught up in, oh, this is Russell's nephew. What's he gonna do? That they didn't really look at the at the bigger picture. I mean, him and Michaela, I mean, that was completely unfair to her, how that was handled. And then he would just kind of use God as an excuse. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I apologize to God. And then, you know, I'm a Christian man, so I'm sorry. And then just like wipe the slate clean, but then the person who he was offending or being rude to mean to whatever was still left with all of the, the damage, if you will. But then he was like, Oh, but I, I apologize. I'm a, I'm a Christian guy. So it's fine. I'll do better. And he he really was not, not fit for the game. And that really showed itself in Karamoan, um a few seasons later. But that's one of the few times where I think production and casting really dropped the ball and not doing, their due diligence ahead of time
0: yeah he uh definitely i mean it's hard to imagine a scenario where like being on the show could turn out well for him in his life and yeah like that just yeah i don't think i don't think it was a good call um as far as like the bringing the whole religion aspect into it um I think that affected how a lot of players played the season because they're like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess we can just kind of go with it and like make this part of our alliance. And it just put like a weird feel on it. Um, It was,
1: it was almost, and this got mentioned a couple of times, I think had like a cult like feeling to it.
0: Yeah. And I, I think
1: Sophie said something, um, about how she doesn't she doesn't care if people are praying or using their Christian faith during the game, but it was how it was used, and almost especially with Coach to Brandon that it was viewed as a way to kind of manipulate him, and it was really uncomfortable, at times on how that was used, in the in the game, I mean, there was one one challenge where where they win, and then Coach is like, "Get over here, we gotta pray. Get over here, we gotta pray. Like kneel down." <laughs> yeah, and. I think there was part of coach that, I mean, he's an eccentric guy. That's, that's obvious that he honestly did buy into that, but I think he did use it as kind of a tool to keep his tribe in line. And that I love coach. Don't get me wrong. I love coach, but there were some moments here that I just couldn't quite get behind on how they were using religion in that, in that context.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a little weird. And I mean, not to already summarize the season, but I think the fact that we're talking about so many players that we like on this season and um, I guess some of the interesting gameplay decisions like Ozzy choosing to go to redemption Island, like, you know, the fact that we're touching on all this stuff that was enjoyable and we still have it ranked 30th. Like we both have it ranked the same exact number um, (laughs) fairly far down the list. Just kind of indicates that it didn't all come together Super well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I liked it's it's very top heavy. Like I like Ozzy, I like Coach, I like Cochran. Sophie's fine, you know. Don, I mean, she's
0: uh, she's definitely a unique uh, style of player to watch.
1: Un- uniques good. Um, I liked Albert a fair amount, you know, enough as as a character to at least drive the show a little bit, um, but. They focused so much on coach and his journey that I think they sacrificed Sophie's game or showing her game. Where at least for me, at the end of it, it was like, Well, why did she win over Coach and win? Yeah, so she came easily? out of left
0: field, or at least it seemed like that.
1: Yeah. And and hearing her hearing her talk in some interviews and seeing her playing winners at war, she's obviously a super smart person, intelligent player, knows what she's doing, but survivor loves coach they were going to show him as much as they much as they could and it was to the detriment of sophie and you've got to find a way to get get your winner in the edit
0: yeah i'm i will say this though um so i've i'm actually in the process of re-watching south pacific right now and um early on in the season um you know how it when you go to redemption Island, you get a couple people from each tribe going to watch the duels. And, um, it was said in one of the duels that coach Sophie and Albert are running that tribe. And I think there are a few more indications early on in the game that Sophie actually was one of the power players, um, which I guess at the same time makes it weirder that, uh, she was focused on very little compared to coach, but, um, it wasn't – I don't think it was totally ignored that, that she was a big-time player, but um, definitely got overshadowed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, we alluded to this in the movie Reward in um, Africa. The infamous Jack and Jill reward. They, they win the reward challenge our coach's tribe does and the reward is, is to get to see the upcoming Adam Sandler movie Jack and Jill and everyone was super excited because Adam Sandler and then it ends up being one of the worst movies of all time and that's not even hyperbole it's just reviled but then you get just a fantastic coach soundbite Jack and Jill loved it I love Adam Sandler
0: personally I'm a fan it was good because it was funny but at the same time, there was a message, and the message was,
1: hey, family comes first. <laughs> it's, it's just pandering <laughs> to the camera. I mean, you got to love it. I mean, it was just like um, Karishma and, and Applebee's that he knows, you know, he's a veteran at this point. He knows what's going get, to get the airtime. And I, I wanted, I don't know, they wouldn't have aired this as a confessional, but I wanted someone to say, you know, that movie sucked. I love that Sandler, but that movie was straight garbage. Because it is. It's terrible. It's terrible maybe even being kind. It's, it, it's awful. And it's just so funny that that's the movie that they settled on. Oh, it's, it's so good. One of the all-time quotes in Survivor.
0: The fact that he was just so comfortable saying it. And, and so comfortable just like telling that lie makes it more amazing that he never won the show like truly it, it I mean that was it's so smooth too like the quote and
1: it makes man, me wonder weird. if he if they maybe reshot that at all because it was it wasn't it was a confessional where if he said something but they didn't quite get it right and then they said oh but that's us I don't know if they I don't know if they do that I could be completely talking my ass, ass there but that is one where they might the producer might think oh this is going to be gold we need to nail this said we didn't quite get it they would have him redo it just a thought but either way it's it's fantastic all right so south pacific my returning players for second chance i'd say i'd say michaela i'd say albert and i'd say jim rice i like jim he got he got he had. Definitely got screwed when with the Cochran flip. Um, but he had some potential, he had some good confessionals. I'd, I'd like to see him get a, get another shot.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a good call because he was in the running for the original second chance too, wasn't he? He was, yep. And, um, I mean, he, he's got some good, uh, some good one lighters, especially early in the season. But, um, talking about like being a poker player and owning two medical marijuana dispensaries (laughs) and just like what a what a strange and awesome guy he could Um, be
1: killing it now if he's still in the marijuana game
0: he he probably is um yeah so i would it'd be good to see him back um yeah and then i don't know i mean yeah michaela
1: like i think I think she's got such a raw deal. She did. It, it would be more like um, she she flashed a little potential, but she was just, just she was just buried by the whole Brandon thing. It was just super unfair. I'd like to see her get a shot, like a legitimate shot at the game.
0: Yeah. It'd be like more of an, our bad situation. <laughs> um, and, you know, come on back. Not to say that I didn't like her, but um, like, I thought she was for, for what they showed of her. She seemed, you know, like, Good person, um, working hard around camp. Like I definitely would not mind having her back on, but um wouldn't need to see it necessarily. But really, like I don't yeah, I don't know if many other people, like you said, it's kind of top heavy.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they already um, got Cochran back, coach yeah, was returning yeah. player, Sophie's played again, Ozzy's played again. So some of the guys that you might want to see have already come back.
0: What about Christine?
1: I I went back and forth on her because she's someone where, based on what she showed in her short time there, if she lasted deep into the season, I'd probably get pretty annoyed with her. But if she was only there for a couple episodes, I think she'd be really entertaining just with her kind of in-your-face personality. Okay. I, I wouldn't complain we won't risk it i wouldn't won't risk i wouldn't complain if she got on again but she's not someone that i would i would champion for okay but i can throw i can throw on the master list sure the, the, the more people that we've got on the list the better more fun that episode will be um but that'll that'll do it for seasons 31 to 35 and we were talking before we started recording here that starting next week we may get start getting into the seasons that we go a little longer on and where we might start splitting up the the five episode idea or five season idea. But you know, again, we'll we'll see. We'll still go into it. I would I would bet by the top ten, we'll probably want to split it because we'll have a lot more to talk about at that point. But for these kind of mid-tier ones, I think we'll plan to just go five at a time and then change on the fly if need be um and if we need to change down the road and just plan it out as three and two we will but i think planning for five still and then just adjusting if needed will be will be the way to go so with that we'll announce next week's planned seasons for our rankings 26 to 30 we finally see season one borneo that was me fun to talk about one that started it all season two australian outback season 24, One World, season 30, Worlds Apart, and season 38, The Edge of Extinction. That group does feature what will be our biggest split up to that point. Just a little tease for you there. And anything to to close out with, Jared, before we before we sign off here?
0: No, um, I think it's going to be – I'm looking forward a lot to next week um, just because – that's when we're really going to start to do the deep dives. And uh, like you said, talk about some huge discrepancies that we have and where some of these seasons rank. So um, we've been, we've been saving it um, even in person where we won't talk about it. Cause I really, I want to
1: be surprised. I, th- I think it's our third biggest. If I'm remembering right, we have two that are there's a 20 and 22. And then I think the next one is the one for next week. Um, So we'll leave you to, guess as to which one that could be of those five but for the podcast here you know apple stitcher spotify wherever you listen make sure you're subscribing get the episode right away every thursday morning and any ratings or reviews greatly appreciated and you can follow us on twitter at llama talk pod or on instagram at talking llama pod any thoughts or comments on the episode or other seasons love to hear them for jared Sundin, this is matt hambidge and we'll see you next week for another scoop of the crispy Thank you.